Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Shoot Mark and Sarah talk about That very exciting doo-wop theme was written by Andrew Byrne and performed by Andrew Byrne. I'm your host, Sarah D. Bunting, and I'm here, as always, with Mr. Andrew Byrne, Mark Blankenship. Hello, Mark. <laughs> I'm a mister. <laughs> you are a mister. You're not a buster, though. Let's no. get into that. What are we talking about today? Well, thanks to our listener, Amy N., we are going to be discussing TLC's No Scrubs. She requested that we discuss any song by TLC, and Sarah and I rather quickly decided that No Scrubs was the song that we needed to discuss, and I I think on so many cosmic levels that is clear and true. Sarah, I'm going to be bold and wild and say before we even start a sentence of our discussion, let's just jump right in to that hot, hot clip. I'm with that. Here we go. So I'll just start by throwing out a few chart facts. This was the lead single from TLC's third album, Fan Mail, and it was their third of four number one hits. It went to number one rather quickly. And one of its co-writers is Candy Burris, who later went on to reality show fame as one of the Real Housewives of Atlanta. So, no way! Yeah. Fun fact. So there's just some there's just something to put in your uh, pipe and smoke. Uh, <laughs> Sarah, I have honestly just a list of words because there are so many written down that remind me of like the 800 things I feel like we should talk about. But where do you think we should start in this discussion today? Um, well, I would like to begin by noting that this song is so is so good and is such an earwig that. It is not possible for Jamie Lynn Sigler and David Chase's daughter to ruin it, even in like with that nasally in their nasal Jersey rendition of it that they do in a second season Sopranos episode. I clipped it. Please hold. <laughs> That's Ricky running She'll pour the milk all over her mother's like formerly spotless cooktop. P.S. They're trashing the kitchen. 
because they're both stuck home, grounded after Meadow trashed uh, Livia's place, um, having a party there. I mean, this, like, that scene just brings me back to, like, I don't know, the many um, year-end talent shows that uh, a Jersey girl had to endure, usually featuring someone trilling midnight like oh god like there was a lot of cats <laughs> there was a lot of nasal there was a lot of accent that just it's not possible to press it out of some people when they're singing and i think it's a testament to this song and how durable durably built and catchy it is that even when these two are just ruining it and being scrubs and sucking at life that it still gets stuck in your head and you will sing along with it like your meadow or I will that I don't know. I just, I think that's really, um, I think it's really a testament to the song. And then I also would like to say that the styles in the video are amazing. Like the video is so much fun to watch. There's so much going on in the, in the frame, like in the background, in the foreground. Um, It's just a great, it's a great song. And sometimes songs like this don't have the moment that they're supposed to, but this one had the Mm -hmm. moment that it was supposed to and became a shorthand. Uh, like it, it created a. It didn't create a lingo, but it like perm made the lingo permanent. Um, yes. But it's like, but it's not a novelty song. It's like a. It's a legit good song. So that's well. Where there's this I'm, idea I'm, in <clears throat> there's this idea in pop music criticism called the imperial phase, which I believe was a phrase coined by one of the guys in Pet Shop Boys. And it's the notion that when a pop star is in their imperial phase, there is interest in anything that they will do. And therefore anything that they do will become massively successful. Uh And some people squander their imperial phase and some people really use it well. And this is a great example of using your imperial phase well, because TLC had just come off of the Crazy Sexy Cool album, which is what made them so successful. And you can't have an imperial phase until you've had an ascension phase, right? Like right. Adele's 21 made anything that she released as the first single from the next album after 21 was going to be a huge hit. Thankfully, Hello is a good song. Uh, this, would also, this is what I would also call minute 18 of your Behind the Music. Yeah, yes. Where it's like, coming up next, a song that changed everything for the three ladies from Atlanta. Yeah. And uh, so this is the first song that people had after the the marathon awesomeness of Creep, Waterfalls, Digging on You, Red Light Special. And it was like, everybody wanted to hear this song. And then when they did hear it, I can remember I was in college. Everybody in my college, it seemed like in 15 seconds or less, was like, I don't want no scrub. And there's something that's so great about a sing-songy chorus like this that's just, it is, it's that perfect blend of, like you said, language becoming solidified. Like, it makes you feel like you're cool because you now know this terminology, but it's also super catchy in a way that you don't have to work too hard to understand. So it's a really accessible delivery system of a concept that most of us did not feel cool enough to understand. 
and it's the it's the perfect it's what you really want a pop song to do make me cooler but don't challenge me too much yeah well and it it belongs to that um that proud tradition of like uh salt and peppers tramp um mm, with, like yes tramp. tramp you a tramp that uh, <laughs> that just please like, keep yourself saying like that. women patiently explaining to men or a man uh in vogue you're never gonna get it also part of that yes constellation of songs of uh women or like a female artist or female group patiently explaining to a man like you are not great here's why um that is really (laughs) so true it really is like and i wonder if i wonder if the fact that these are these tend to be um african-american and r&b artists uh, i th- i think there's a uh, like commonality of tone in in what mm-hmm. they're saying and how they're trying to say it that i like i wonder if that's a coincidence like that the musical and cultural tradition that they're coming out of takes takes the this form of like well you know blues blues music definitely has the root in saying very loudly uh things that need to be said i mean honestly i'm about i'm sound like the worst armchair musicologist right now but i think you're probably on to something you're not even the worst armchair musicologist on this podcast so (laughs) (laughs) but it's also worth noting that this speaking of uh R&B women who are telling gentlemen where they can stick it. <laughs> this song was number one and, and popular almost simultaneously with Bills, Bills, Bills by Destiny's Child. Uh-huh. And I remember at the time some clucking liberal guy uh, that I was in school with saying, oh, it's just all these pop songs now are about greedy materialism and it's just so shallow and sad. And I remember at the time even being like, I didn't even know Felicia at the time, but I was still saying bye Felicia <laughs> at this point. And I, it's, I think it's worth remembering that actually bills, 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 if you listen, is not that shallow or materialistic. It's saying that the man is running up all of her bills. He is running up her automobiles and then he's not paying for them. So she's having to cover his whole life and she needs him to bounce because he's charging her all this money. But no Scrubs actually is as materialistic as you think it is because they are just literally saying, if you don't have a car and you're walking, I'm not. T- I'm talking to you, you a scrub. And you know what, though? I don't care because here's the thing. If you're going to be like that, be confident and put it over a hot beat. You got me. You got me. <laughs> yeah, well, and also, I'm not sure how materialistic that even is to be like, if you're always in your best friend's ride and yeah that's true trying to holler at me like get serious like it's not even about whether he does or doesn't have a car it speaks to the larger sort of like don't like we are busy like we're tlc and we have shit to do so if you're a trifler keep walking you know you're right and actually i should I want to immediately retract my statement <laughs> because you're right. It's actually, it's not about being, it's not about I'm only interested in gold digging or whatever. It's like, yeah, I have a lot going on and I don't have time for someone who doesn't have his shit together. Could you please grow up and not be a scrub? And then I will talk to you perhaps. Yeah. 
Because I just, like, it's like they're not even upset. They're just like, son, look, (laughs) here's the situation. No. And I love how it's like he's a puppy. Um, And this also made me laugh um, listening to it because uh, my husband, Dan, has a way of uh, telling our large kitten no that just that he'll just be like no and then it just keeps coming up in the song and it's like no no <laughs> like i was like oh it's it's the lucille song but they're just very like you know it goes on the paper like no i don't i don't want to call you no i'm not giving you my number no i don't have time for your foolishness because i'm not no because I'm a like professional and a grown-up person and you aren't. No. So that just like made me laugh that they're just trying to like, you yes. know, train this baby animal that it's like, uh, we don't chew on um, table legs in this house. And until you learn that. <laughs> and we also don't front like KFC is a date night. <laughs> oh, wait, it's not. Oh, With the sides oh. and everything? He, only if you're a buster. Mm, maybe I am uh, I want to also say, thinking just about TLC in general, revisiting the song and thinking about them has reminded me that they really are one of the rare girl or boy groups in pop music history where every member had a distinct personality. Do you know what I mean? Like, crazy, sexy, and cool uh left eye was crazy t-boz was sexy chili was cool they all shared lead vocals left eye has an amazing rap on no scrubs that was often cut out from the radio but and you actually couldn't even get it her rap when you bought the single which made me mad because i bought the single and i was like where is left eye's rap i'm furious but i just really appreciate tlc's legacy as a group where no one is the joey fatone just sort of (laughs) fading into the background no one is uh, the Michelle from Destiny's Child, where the joke is that she doesn't really add anything. Like, all three of these ladies really brought something to the group. And if you remember at the time, Lisa Left Eye Lopez was famously feuding with the other group members because she felt like that this album did not feature her prominently enough. Surely not helped by the fact that she was cut from a lot of the versions of the song. <laughs> but at the time, it's like, right. Because I know enough about all three of them to actually care about that. So I just, sort of a sidebar, I guess, but I want to make sure that I note that Left Eye, T-Boz, and Chili all have personalities. And you don't always get that in a girl group. And I think that's one of the reasons that their career was so great. Because their songs were not the same thing over and over again. Sometimes it was Chili on lead. Sometimes it was T-Boz. Sometimes it was Left Eye. So that's another one of the reasons that this song was so great because it was a chilly song and we had come off of a string of T-Boz and Left Eye songs. So it's one more reason to Yeah, like I think it. I read that Chili was on lead for the first time here. On a lead single, on a single, yes. She had never had a single release from TLC where she was the lead vocalist. And there this is one. the sense about it, not that it feels first drafty, which is something that we, that I say from time to time about songs that we're talking about. That's like this this doesn't sound finished. Like usually that's a good thing for me because it's, it feels more um, authentic, which is the other word that we overuse around here. <clears throat> that and boo-boo. <laughs> but, 
but she <laughs> it it kind of felt like she didn't plan to stay on lead like that that wasn't the original plan for this song was mm. it felt more like a felt more maybe like a t-boz thing and then they were like wait yes. this actually works like there's an inversion about this that we like and then they they left it that way and again it's not like it sounds huh. like a yeah what is the what is the name of um when they when they just like sing whatever it is the jingle it's like a placeholder vocal scratch vocal yes thank you uh it's not like it sounds like a scratch vocal or that her voice isn't lovely it like it perfectly suits it of course because we're still talking about this song all these years later but uh i i wonder if the original intent was not to have someone else on the lead vocal and then they were like hmm you know i totally buy that and it's possible that they just realized oh wait why would we change this smooth sound yeah uh but speaking of songs that we are not talking about anymore uh the another good sign that a song has really infiltrated the culture is when it gets a response song or an answer oh, yeah. record. And you know, the answer record has a long tradition. Sweet Home Alabama was a response to Southern Man by Neil Young. There's like a long history of hit songs that are responses to other songs. Well, around a, just a few weeks after No Scrubs uh was becoming popular a one and done rap group called sporty thieves and that's a z at the end of thieves released their response called no pigeons a song that reached the top 15 in the united states and i have because i either love you or hate you listeners you decide clipped a bit of no pigeons and let's just take a listen to the response record that this that no scrubs inspired i well it's got to be better than uh meadow um, <laughs> well, we'll see. All over the place. Here we go. Let's find out. We'll see. A pigeon is a girl who be walking by. My ramped up blue, brand new sparkling five. Her feet hurt, so you know she want to ride. But she front like she can't say hi. What? Uh oh. Y'all chicks ain't getting out of. Uh oh. worth the Ramada. Uh oh. Anyway, your friend looks hotter. Uh oh. Game is something we got a lot of. Uh oh. Cause I don't want no pigeon. Them be them girls who get no dogs. And I'm just like, you know what? If you're going to come for TLC, you got to come better than that, boo-boo. Like, that's all you got? Oh, that's all you got? <laughs> it's authentic. Oh, boy. They're, like, the vocal is terrible. Like, remember a few episodes ago, we were talking about how um, uh, hip-hop artists don't get the credit that they deserve for how difficult it is because it, even yes yeah because even a like competent only rap is really tough to do but it's competent so it doesn't look that hard but when hip hop is bad you're like wow that's it's hard to do and you failed <laughs> yeah hello no re- and are we shocked that sporty thieves did not go on to fur- to further success we are not no, no, we're not. Whatever well, happened to them? Do you know? <laughs> honestly, for all I know, they are currently scraping pigeon shit off of a statue and thinking about irony. <laughs> and we're out. Well, no, there's one more thing I have to share, though, because if I don't say this, I will be sad. 
um, No Scrubs inspired a play that I wrote with a friend of mine in college that ended up getting professionally produced in Atlanta. What was it called? It was called, so it was a short play that my friend and I wrote in a class. My friend Turner, who is now an internationally renowned performance artist and is awesome. Uh, but we wrote this song about a gay man and a lesbian who are trapped in a car together. And at first they're trying to help each other. Like, oh, I just want you to be the best gay man that you can be. So you need to talk like this and sound like this. And anyway, they're turning each other into stereotypes in the name of liberating each other, which is the thing I was frustrated with when I was in college. And um, the whole thing started because when I was singing the song No Scrubs in front of a group of administrators at my college, I changed the lyrics to make it sound like I was singing about a girl. A scrub is a girl that won't get no love from me. And then I got called out on it later. Like, why did you do that? And I was like, huh, guess I'm dealing with some internalized shame. And it that became the impetus for this whole play, which was called Cockamamie. And... <laughs> intentionally that was intentional and then we it was huh. produced um multiple times and got a review in the atlanta journal constitution a positive oh. review so thank you tlc for my one foray into professional playwriting i think we're going to have to find that on the internet and put it in the show notes um <laughs> next to a well, graphic of a statue covered in pictures. well and i and also it's you just were recently talking about in a in an earlier episode about uh, famous ghost monologues. So apparently this is also like the secret history of Mark and Sarah talk about the plays they wrote. <laughs> <laughs> Mess da This is Mark and Sarah Talk About Songs, hosted by Mark Blankenship and Sarah D. Bunting, that's me, and edited by Sarah D. Bunting, that's also me. Do you need to talk to Mark and Sarah about song requests, ads, or birthday readings? Here's how. Email us at talkaboutsongs at gmail.com, tweet at us at talksongs, or find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash mastass.podcast. And you can become a supporter and producer of this podcast at our Patreon page. That's at patreon.com slash mastass. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. 
And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.